most of you know me, but just in the off chance that you don't, I thought I would start by just telling you who I am. I'm the children's pastor, Amy Kaufman. Yes, children's pastor, not normally one that would be up here on a Sunday morning. Um, this is not something that you would, I am way out of my comfort zone. Kids, golden. Adults, different story. <laughs> so um, I am relying completely on God here. Um, I've already got my box of Kleenex because you would think as a children's pastor he would give me like a fun little light um, message for you this morning. Of course not. So here we go. We're going to dive right in. Um, the Lord has just really laid on my heart um, to share bits and pieces of my story. So that's going to be kind of scattered throughout. But we're going to really be talking about kind of piggybacking off of our Ask the Pastor. You know, there are so many times where we have questions that do have answers, but then there are times that there are questions that don't. For example, and this one, some of you might know the answer to, but I certainly don't. Why is the sky blue? Okay, these are some questions that either my daughter has given me. Okay, I have a four-year-old. I know a lot of you have been through that lovely phase where they ask you the why questions or just questions in general, like all the time to where you want to just rip your hair out. Anybody? I see some parental nods. Yes, okay, so these are some um, either that my daughter has asked me or I did like a little Google search for just random kids and some that I found funny. So obviously every kid asks, why is the sky blue? I'm sure that some of you are very smart and could answer that. I have no clue and I just tell her God made it that way. I give her the, the easy answer, not the scientific one, okay? So how did people make the first tools if they didn't have any tools? <laughs> I don't know, right? What happens if you throw a tomato at the sun? It explodes? I don't know, right? And this was, I, th I thought, I found this one funny. Um, why are some people famous in the world? That one I really don't have an answer to. Why are some people famous is beyond me, right? There are times where we have questions that there are just no answers to, okay? Kids have a million questions. My daughter has a million questions. And when I give her the I don't know answer or just don't answer her at all, she's okay with that. Why? Why is she okay with that? Because I'm her mom. She knows that I love her. She knows that, I, that she can trust me. She knows that I have her best interest at heart, right? Relationship. There's going to be things that happen in our life, situations, that make us question. I told you, God didn't give me a light little airy. There's going to be things that have us questioning. God, you told me to move to Honduras. Sell everything. My car, my winter coat, like literally everything. It's only been a year now. You're telling me to move back? That doesn't make any sense. God, I'm 13 weeks pregnant. You just blindsided me with a miscarriage. 
Why? Why am I going through this? God, 13 years of doctors not knowing what's going on with me? What's going on? Why? Why? Nieces and nephews dead in a day? Why? God, why? Those are just a few things in my life that have had me really asking that question, God, why? And I know I'm not alone. Everybody has some things in their lives that have happened. It might not be to this extreme, but it might be. Job loss, broken relationships, struggles with addiction. There are things that happen in our lives that have us questioning, God, why? This doesn't make sense. And the answers aren't there, right? They're not there. We can't see how this is all going to work out. I want to be very clear from just from the beginning that God does not cause these things to happen. He allows them, but he does not cause them. But there's so much that I have learned through these seasons of my life. Now, sometimes those things that happen are just a result of our own poor choices, right? Or others' choices. But sometimes we just don't know. The Lord has really been, I've been looking in the book of Job a lot lately, um, reading Job. And when I, when I think of Job, I don't know why. I do kind of know why, but I think of my father-in-law a lot when I think of Job because if there was ever a man in my life that I know that has been through the fire like Job and has come out the other side loving the Lord more, it is my father-in-law. A little bit of his story. um, Lost his daughter tragically, lost his wife, routine surgery, lost his grandchildren. I mentioned my nieces and nephew. Lost them. Um... That man has been through more in his lifetime than they would break. They would break people. Yet his faith is one that is solid. So, so solid. And I just stand in awe of him. And he is a rock. A rock in his faith. And I think, how? Right? We, ha- we see these people... At- that if we know some of their story or bits and pieces and we think, how, how on earth could, could they go through this and still love God? You know, we, we had the song, The Goodness of God, right? All my life you have been faithful. Okay, but, but these things have happened. These things have happened. So how I know that that song is hard for some to sing. When there are things in our lives that have us questioning. But what we've got to understand, and what I love about the book of Job, let me just give a quick recap here if you're not familiar with Job. The very beginning of Job, you know, it says that that Job is a blameless individual, right? He's full of integrity, and the Lord is actually kind of boasting about him a little bit to Satan. Like, oh my goodness, have you seen Job? He is just awesome. He's like a rock star. This is my, you know, paraphrased version. And Satan begins to tell the Lord, you know, well, it's only because he's wealthy, 
You've never let anything bad happen, and you kind of put him in a bubble, so to speak. Nothing bad has ever happened to Job to really test his faith. That's why he's so faithful to you. And so the Lord gives Satan permission. He allows him to be tested. And so Job suffers a lot. His family is gone, all of his earthly possessions, his wealth, everything. And he's tested to the extreme. And much of the chapter of, of Job, much of the book of Job, is about him and his suffering and his friends trying their, their best. Sometimes good advice, most of the time not. Um, trying to console him. And then um, a lot of the chapter two is Job getting ready making his case before the Lord. Job is wanting to be able to ask these questions. Job's getting his list ready, okay? He's getting ready to stand before the Lord with his questions. Why, right? Job has that question, why, God? I've been blameless. I've served you all of my life. The very questions that, if we're honest, we ourselves have asked. I know I've asked myself those same questions. God, I've done my best. I've not been perfect, but I've done my best. Why? Why is this happening? This does not make sense. We've all been in Job's shoes at some point. He's getting his case ready. Here's what I love about Job. His time finally comes where he gets to be before the Lord, and God speaks. I don't know if you're familiar with Job. God speaks. And God reminds Job of who he is. You know, sometimes God is really nice and, and speaks to us softly, but sometimes God needs to kind of smack us over the face a little bit. And that's kind of what, what he did to Job. He, he, Job needed a good reminding of, of who God was. And so God reminds him of his power and his authority. And Job, here's his chance. He's got these questions, right, that he's been getting ready, preparing this whole time. And he finally has a chance to ask God why all this is happening and to get the answers that he is so desperate for, the answers that he is sure is going to bring the healing that he wants, right, that's just going to be, be what he needs. When Job gets before God, what does he do? He does not ask a single question. Job did not ask God any of his questions. What does he do? I'm going to read to you what he does. Job 42, verses 2 through 5. I don't know that I put those up here, so you might just have to listen. And I read from, I guess this is the NLT. Yeah. But it says, this is what Job's response was. So after the Lord has reminded him of his power and authority, it says, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You ask, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It's I. And I was talking about things that I do not understand things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I have heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. 
I take back everything I said and sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Job has his chance before the Lord, and what does he do? He humbles himself. He realizes that God is God. He knows what he's doing. And he repents. We might get the answers that we long for, but there are going to be times in our lives where we just don't get the answers. Or they might not come for a really long time. I think about my daughter. Like I said, she's four. And we've all had, a lot of us have kids or grandkids. Do we always give them the answers they want? No, right? Many reasons why. They might not be ready, right? If my, my daughter might not understand why, you know, don't cross the street, well, she might not understand the, full, the fullness of why I need her to not do something, right? Eat your veggies. I'm not going to go into the scientific explanation of why she needs to eat her veggies. Eat your veggies. They're good for you, right? We bring things down to their level. They might not be ready for them. Or... The answer might bring more confusion. My daughter is in this phase. Huh. Oh, it's a phase. And I know exactly where she gets it from. She gets it from me. My daughter's a planner. Where does she get that from, right? Um, my daughter is a planner to the core. Okay, so anytime that we are going anywhere or doing anything, she likes to, to plan for it, right? And she wants to know step A, B, C, D, like all the way to Z. And she, um, she's like, well, what are we going to do when we go here? And I need this, and I need this. And she has like 20,000 questions. And well, what if it rains? And what if, what if we need this? And what are we going to do when we do here? And, what, and to the point where I'm just like, child. We've started, we have a phrase now in our house that we will use when she just gets into overdrive because for her, it switches into worry very quickly. The questions switch to worry. And so for her, we have started using this phrase, Izzy, is that a mommy-daddy problem or an Izzy problem? Mommy-daddy problem. Do you trust mommy and daddy to figure it out? Yes. Okay. I think that sometimes we need to do that. God wants to do that with us. They literally, like, I mean, sometimes I literally take our little face, and I think God sometimes just wants to take our little face and say, is that a daddy problem or your problem? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? I know you don't have all the answers that you want, that you think that you need, but do you trust me? Do you trust me that I've got it all figured out? Do you trust the one who made the heavens and the earth? Do you trust the one that knows how many hairs are on your head? Do you trust me to figure it out, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it feels like the, your world is falling apart right now? Do you trust me?
We need to learn to trust, even in the hardest seasons, even when we have a million questions that don't have answers. Job never got an answer from God, never. God did not tell him why. Now, we have the advantage of reading the first chapter and know that it's because he allowed Satan to test him. Job didn't know that. Job trusted God anyway. Job passed his test and was rewarded in the end. But he didn't know why. He never got the answers. How do we respond when we're tested? How do we respond when we're thrown the curveball or the obstacle, the unexpected diagnosis, or the broken relationship? Trust me, I know it's not easy. It's not easy to, to shift that mindset. I've been there. And this is where the Kleenex is going to come, probably. <laughs> I know it's really easy to hear somebody talk about trusting God in the hard times. It's much harder to live it out, right? This is not something that I'm standing up here saying because... It's, I, I can stand here and say this because I've lived it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's a choice that I've had to make. Trust me, there have been times where I have been frustrated, angry, and hurt. I mentioned before that one of my biggest whys that I've brought to God has had to do with my health journey. It started really back in high school, um, but really kind of came to a head freshman year of, of college where I would not be able to get up out of bed without passing out. I would literally get up out of bed and, and fall straight back into bed because I was so lightheaded. Um, I would stumble down the hallways to get to the bathroom. And I was at Ball State University, so most people didn't realize probably that I was lightheaded. They probably just thought I had too much the night before. Um, but that's not the case. Um, but I struggled for, for a long time, just very lightheaded, um, and we couldn't figure out why. We could not figure out what was going on. I saw a cardiologist, um, and I, we had a diagnosis that we thought was accurate put me on medication, didn't work. So then we just, I, I do not advise this. I doctor, my doctor, Dr. Chris is in the room. I do not advise this, but my medication didn't work, so I, I'd had it by this point. And this whole time, okay, this whole time, I'm getting more frustrated, more angry with God. I'm like, God, why am I not? Because I'm the kind, like, I want answers, right? God, what is going on? I wasn't getting answers. Nobody could figure out what was going on with me, but I was just continuing to like get worse and worse. And I just stopped the medication, cold turkey. <laughs> Do not advise that, okay? And I just really started paying attention to what I was eating and, and other things that were, were connected. And I just kind of took matters into my own hand. Um, and things got a little bit better, but this has been, this was an ongoing journey 
okay? For 13 years of ups and downs, of, of seasons of my life where I would be feeling kind of okay and then have seasons where I was just passing out and so lightheaded um, that I could hardly function. Um, made it really difficult to work at times and, and just really struggled with my health. Um, we, and this whole time we had what we thought was a diagnosis. Um, after 13 years, we, I went in for a heart surgery that was, we, would hope, we were hopeful would cure, would cure, um, would cure me. And it turns out my diagnosis was wrong. Um, so it'll be eight years ago in August that I had heart surgery where I was officially diagnosed with POTS syndrome. Um, if you're not aware of POTS syndrome, this is, let's just put it this way. The doctor that diagnosed me, his first words out of his mouth was, this is a very frustrating diagnosis. And no truer words have ever been spoken. Um, it affects nearly every area of my body. Um, I have my really good days, and I have some rough days. It is somewhat of an invisible illness. Most people looking at me don't have a clue that I've struggled for 20 years with my health. Um, migraines, the passing out, there's GI symptoms. It affects everything. I share that so that you, you know where I'm coming from. I've asked this question, God, it's been 20 years. 20 years, most days I'm good. Most days I'm good. Praise God, most days I'm great. But there are still seasons that I struggle. Do I wish it would just go away? Yeah, some days I do. Are there days where I'm frustrated that my body can't keep up with me? Yeah, especially when I have a four-year-old that wants her mom to be able to pick her up, and I say, I'm sorry, I can't, because I don't feel like I'm going to safely be able to do it. Are there days where I get angry? Yeah. It's okay to be hurt and angry and feel all the feelings, but it's not okay to choose to stay there. We can choose to spend our time questioning God and to remain in that, in that space of questioning God, why, 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 why? Or we can choose to shift the narrative. We can choose to find purpose. We can choose to find joy in the journey. I made a choice that first day that I was officially diagnosed with POTS, and they said, this is going to be a frustrating diagnosis. I made a choice that day. I said, you know what? There might be some days that are frustrating, but I will not let this dominate me. I'm not going to stay in that headspace. I'm not going to stay in a place of defeat. I'm going to choose to be hopeful. There's no cure for POTS. Right now, it's just symptom management. But I'm believing in my lifetime that there is going to be a cure. But I'm not going to stay in that place. I'm going to stay in a place where I'm going to choose joy. I don't want to downplay. I know some people 
have a lot of hard things they're going through. And so please hear my heart. I'm not downplaying any of that because I know that a lot of you are walking through some really hard things. There are no people that are. But you can choose. You can choose to have purpose. God can use whatever you're going through. There can be goodness that comes in those seasons. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Now I know that when I say the word test, some of you immediately have flashbacks to a random pop quiz in high school that you were not prepared for, right? Okay? The word test is not a, a word that most of you are comfortable with, right? It's a word that's kind of become a little negative. Now, I taught, some of you might know, but I taught for 10 years um, before I came here to, to do children's ministry. And I, you know, for me, I hear the word test, and some of you think state standardized testing, and oh, not fun, right? But I really tried as a teacher when I was giving a test to really kind of shift the narrative, so to speak, when it came to a test. Whenever I was giving a test to my students, I would say, you know what? This is your opportunity to show me what you know. Show me what you know. I'm going to, I have to give you this test, but this is actually a good thing because this is your chance to show me what you know so that I know how I can help you. You know, I love algebra. Fun fact, I was a math minor. My dad will make fun of me to this day because I cannot do mental math at all, but I'm a math minor. I know he's over there shaking his head. Like, I cannot do mental math, but I'm a math minor. Okay, but I love algebra. I love math, okay? I love math so much because there are multiple ways to get to an answer. But I, you have to show your work, right? And as any math teachers in the room would know, like you feel like a broken record, show your work, show your work, show your work. Okay, why? Because if you don't show me your work, I don't know how to help you. I don't know how I can help you if you don't show your work. Okay? And I feel like God screams the same thing at us sometimes. He allows us to be tested he allows trials to happen in our lives. He allows these things to happen so that we can be tested, so that our faith can be shown, show what's really in us, show what we're made of, so that he can see it and help us grow. If we're never tested, we're never going to grow. What's in us is not going to be exposed so that our great teacher can help us grow, right? Job was tested big time, and he passed. May not have been with flying colors. Might have been like a sea, right? But he passed, okay? He showed what was in his heart. His faith was tested, so, and God was able to correct him where he needed correcting. It's when we're tested that we can make ourselves available to the greatest teaching moments. 
that's where the greatest potential lies for growth. Growth doesn't happen when things are all peaches and roses, typically, right? I think about the seasons of my life where God has really grown me and and character has been developed. It's usually not when things are just smooth sailing. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops, develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Don't run from testing. Don't run from the trials. Don't run from the pain. When I'm in a season where I'm frustrated or things are just not going my way, when the bills are piling up or when just life happens, right? I have kind of a common prayer. I I go back to that verse in Romans, and I'm like, okay, God, first of all, that's your promise. That's your promise to me that you're going to see me through this. And on the other side, there's some strength of character that's going to be developed. So if I'm going to go through this, let's make it worth it. That is always my prayer. Whenever I'm I'm feeling the heat, God, if we're going to go through it, first of all, let's go through it together. Help me to cooperate so that maybe it'll go a little faster. Okay, I don't know, that's probably a little selfish. But I'm like, okay, help me to cooperate with you during this season of testing. But God, whatever, whatever, your, whatever the purpose is in this, let it be done. Because what's the point in being tested if you're not different at the end? I don't know about you, but if I'm going to go through something hard, I don't want to be the same person at the end. I want to be more like Jesus. Some of my greatest lessons that I've learned in life have come as a result of the tests, the trials, the heartaches. I've learned, these are just, I just kind of wrote down some of the biggest things that I've learned. I am who I am because of some of those things. I've learned that it's okay to be honest with God. I used to be afraid to go to God when I was feeling frustrated and angry and hurt. Man, look at David. Look at the Psalms. Look at Job. They weren't afraid to go to God. He's not afraid. Go to him with your questions. Go to him with your hurts. He's not afraid. I've learned to stand on God's word and his promises like I never have before. Man, if it weren't for God's word, I never would have been able to endure my miscarriage. Never. I've learned that God's strength is perfected in my weakness. I've learned that God's community is amazing, and this is the one that's going to make me cry. Because so many of you stood by my husband and I after our miscarriage. Our house was like a floral shop. It was amazing. God's community is amazing. And if you will allow yourselves to be open with your hurts and your trials and let people in to help you, don't hold them in. That's what we're for. We need each other. 
I've learned it's okay to ask for help. That was a hard one. That was a hard lesson for me. I'm independent. But I told you, some days I just have really rough days. I call them my slow motion days. There's some days where my body does not allow me to do much fast. <laughs> and I have to ask for help. And I've had to learn to be okay with that. It's okay to ask for help. I've learned that I'm not made to do things on my own. I've learned that I don't need answers. We have no idea why my body acts the way it does. My body doesn't retain sodium. Why? I don't know. We really have no clue. We don't know. We just don't know. I don't have answers. That's one that I really don't have answers for. There's no cure. We don't know. You know what? I've come to a point in my life where I don't need answers. I'm okay. What do you want more? This is the biggest lesson that I have learned. The biggest. What do you want more? Answers or Jesus? What do you want more? So how do you respond when those obstacles come? Do you see them as opportunities for growth? For God to reveal a greater purpose in you? You might not always get the answers that you're looking for, but God is still good, and good can come. We can still sing of the goodness of God. So I'm going to close this in prayer. And the praise team is going to come up. Holy Father, we just thank you that you are good. In every season, in every trial, you are good. You want the best for us. You will make sure that no matter what comes our way, it is for a greater purpose. Help us to cooperate with that. God, no matter what we're going through, no matter what comes our way, teach us. Teach us to become more like you. Teach us to depend on you. In Jesus' name.